How's it going, everybody? It is once again me, Chewy, one of the hosts of the podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. And I am once again joined by the awesome Belle. How's it going, Belle? Hey, it's going good, and you? It's going right. I've had a long week at work. Tomorrow I still work. It's a Saturday, but eh, you know. <laughs> Hopefully it flies by. I'm stuck working tomorrow, too, so. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, but I'm actually looking forward to it because, like I mentioned, I've been having some good sales days, so I'm just like hoping to keep that going. The momentum, yeah, awesome. That's that's great. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh huh. My sales have not been that great, but that's okay. <laughs> 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 I think people are out of money, but uh, we are here to talk about uh, a movie that is pretty much considered to be one of the best ones, and I'll give my opinion as to why I think. That is different. <laughs> I was gonna say what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, we're not just here to talk shit about movies or anything. But uh, I, no. I will hopefully give reasons as to why I don't agree with that claim. But I mean, can you please let us know, Bill, what movie that is? Amityville Horror, the original from the seventies. <laughs> because there's too many. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like there's a lot of sequels, and then there's that remake with Ryan Reynolds. I. I saw that one when it came out, I think, in the theaters, or we rented it, but anyways, I thought it was alright, and this one, I was, I hadn't seen it in a long time, I, I saw it when I was a kid, maybe like 13, 14 years old, and I didn't see it after that, and now I can see why. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but before we get into that, let's go ahead and remind our listeners to check us out on social media. We are on pretty much every major social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and you can find all those links that have been very conveniently compiled for you guys on linktree.com. And that is linktree.com slash myths behind LGDS. That is the web page or website in which you can find us. And you can even also email us from there. So I think it's pretty convenient. Yeah, I think so too. Uh-huh. So yeah, go check us out on linktree.com slash mythsbehindlgds and keep up to date with our updates and um, follow us, like us, subscribe, review, whatever it is you guys got to do, do it. <laughs> try our recipes. <laughs> yes, try our recipes. We're working on that. So I, oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw that I re-uploaded that video on TikTok because you told me you didn't like it. So I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> It's noted. Thank you. You sent me the link. It's not that I didn't like it. I just don't like myself. <laughs> <laughs> you look good on camera, though. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, I, I see your point because when, well, real quick before we get into the episode, um, when you sent me the files, I uploaded them to my computer and I, they didn't want to open. And so I had to do some like little magic magic. And then when they opened, it was like a little tiny square in the middle of the screen. And I was like, what's better than nothing? <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> but then you, you pointed out to me that it was like super tiny and like you could barely see your face on the screen and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll make it better. <laughs> and I was able to fix that, so there you go. Alright, so we'll be right back with the critique of The Amitable Horror from 1979. Okay, Bill, so... I said that I didn't think this movie was too great, and you seem to agree with me on that. Why is that? It's just not exciting. I mean, yeah, it's terrifying if you really think about it. Like, you move into your dream home, and then you're attacked by it. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, meh. 
<laughs> <laughs> but I mean, define meh because that may mean different things to you and to me and to the audience out there. Okay, so meh to me is just like it doesn't seem very uh, like it was just little things. There wasn't really a real story to it to me. I didn't feel like there was like it was telling me a story. It just kind of felt like boom, the glowy eyes in the window, boom. I chopped too much wood and then boom, you know, it's just like, it was just a kind of like here and there, here and there. It wasn't like I felt in the story, if that makes any sense. So you felt like it didn't connect very well. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I had no connection to the movie. Like I wasn't like, Oh my God. Like I kept looking at my phone. I was like, no, I got to focus. I gotta focus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I agree with you, with you on that to an extent. I do think the movie, I'm, I'm not a, a movie maker. <laughs> I've never made a movie in my life. I feel like the editing was weird. Like the scenes jumped from one scene to the next without a lot of explanation. Flow. Exactly. Like it didn't flow very well, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah you, you got me right there. You got what I was trying to say. Thank you. The flow of the movie, it feels like a, like a collection of scenes that were shot and then kind of assembled together in a hurry. Like, honestly, it's like a slideshow. Yes. With music and lots of thunder. <laughs> <laughs> and talking. Yes. <laughs> so, and I mean, if this happens to be one of your favorite movies, I mean, uh, you know, I'm sorry to disagree with you. But it's because I agree with you again that I feel like the, the editing was, was a little bit choppy. Uh, and then things happened that never got anywhere. For example, the whole thing with the babysitter that then that was just like a little like five minute part of the of the movie, and then that, that was it. It's never mentioned again. And then there's like a subplot with a police officer that's trying to investigate the father, and that never goes anywhere either. I know. I was like, wait, wait why is he there? Uh huh. I didn't understand his place. Yeah. So there's a lot of things like that that really don't go anywhere, and it kind of distracts you from the story. And I. Couldn't really get into this movie too much because of that. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, once again, I'm not a, a movie maker. I, I have no idea what goes. I mean, I'm sure that it's a very long and elaborate process that takes place to get a movie going. But I, I don't want to blame the technology because back then movies were coming out that were great. That the editing wasn't as choppy as this and the story actually flowed a lot better. Is it flow yeah. or flute? No, flu is from flying, right? Yeah, so so float is the right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm kind of like a, like a grammar police type of person, and I want to make sure that I say everything correctly. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the visuals because we mentioned that the editing was a little choppy. But do you like the visuals in this? Is are the visuals trippy? Are they scary? What, what, like, how did that strike you? I didn't feel fear from like what I'm seeing the thought of that happening or the thought of just like something being like a presence that's what gets me it's not really like what comes out on the screen because it it there wasn't anything that was like oh my god like I am scared you know mm -hmm. it was like the glowing eyes were a little weird were the ones that appeared on the window the the babysitter would have been awesome if they would have kind of kept that going i would have been a little more 
you know, because that's terrifying because that little girl just sat at her damn bed while the babysitter was crying <laughs> yeah. in the closet to get out. And she's like, Jody didn't want me to. It's like, seriously, girl? <laughs> <laughs> but were you scared with any of the or how did you feel about the visuals? I felt they were kind of trippy, but I mean, this was from the 70s. So. And trippy in what sense, though? Mm. Psychedelic or is it yeah. like. Yeah, you mentioned the thunder earlier. So there's a lot of flashing and a lot of noises and a lot of weird angles, um, close ups, stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm guessing that they, they were doing that to kind of instill fear, but it kind of just threw me off. <laughs> it took away from it because it's also so loud. Uh huh. Like, that's all I could hear was the booming thunder and then, like, the rain pouring. By the way, I wonder if that was real rain or if they had, like, a giant crane over the whole thing with, like, a bunch of rain coming down. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, it, it, that, would, that would have been, like, a whole hell of a lot of water that they wasted on, yeah. <laughs> on the rain. I mean, to, I mean, wasted sounds like a negative word, but, I mean, in general, I mean, like, the, the rain is a, a very important or maybe not important, but reoccurring like yeah. the, the rain and thunder and stuff like that. So it's very reoccurring. I'll give them credit, though, on the little choir music that starts the music, or the, the movie, rather. When the movie starts, there's a little choir theme, like, ah! Oh, ah. yeah. Well, I feel like that's your classic, <laughs> like, uh-oh, you're watching a scary movie thing, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I liked it. Because it kind of gets you like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, remember that I talked to you about like how I think babies are creepy. Yes. In the last episode, uh, if, if you haven't listened to that, you should listen to, listen to all our episodes. Fuck, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> while you're at it. But uh, that extends also to a lot. I mean, not as much as I mean. Basically, the older the the the, the kid gets in movies, the less scary it is for me. But. I think that just hearing kids singing scary, creepy stuff like that gets to me in a way. I don't know about you. Well, I think it's be for me, it's because they're more sensitive than adults. They still have that innocence. And I feel like kids can sense things and see things that adults can't because you start growing out of that or you start blocking things out. And I think that's what's kind of scary is when the child is being like a creep in a movie because <laughs> <laughs> like oh shit like it can happen so talking again about the that little girl that you mentioned the the babysitter and i think the kids for me that that was one of the most um well, one of the scenes rather that caught me the most off guard which was when they were teasing the little sister she's playing in in the garden with the dolls whatever and then these kids are are I think, like, hanging a tarantula by her hair, like a little uh, plastic spider thing, whatever. Yeah. And then the mom catches them. She's like, what are you doing? And then the window just kind of, like, slams her fingers almost, like, yeah. hardcore. And I was like, whoa, that, that to me was the most intense scene in the movie. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. I think for me, it was when the dog tries to pull George out of the, I guess, a vat of maybe blood or oil that black stuff I, uh -huh. I couldn't even tell what color it was and i thought the dog was gonna like tear him to shreds because like you saw that evil look in the dog but then and then even george is panicking and then the dog starts pulling him and he's like yes harry pull me 
so like lassie-ish but <laughs> at that point like seeing the, maybe because i have dogs i'm like oh my god i don't want mine to attack, to attack me but yeah that scared the crap out of me i was like oh i'd be nervous because i would be like i'm over here trying to live and you're over here chewing on my arm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that was also a pretty intense movie, but like uh, to me because that one caught me completely off guard. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting the window to almost chop their fingers off, and but then it was in the next minute when they took him to the hospital. Like, oh, their their hands are perfectly okay. Like, how can their hands be okay if the window was slammed and they're like full force? Like, I was like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Well, maybe because you know how kids like they're just a little more resilient than adults, and maybe like his bones are still rubbery if that makes sense you know when you're born you're like noodles <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and then even the like the girl or, or the wife rather the, the scene right after that and that's one of the things that, what, that i mean where the editing was a little weird because they're walking out from the hospital and then the guy says the husband oh their, their hands aren't broken whatever and oh then, yeah, I'm so I'm so amazed that none of the bones uh -huh. are broken or something. Uh huh. And then the the scene right after that is them in their bedroom and they're asleep. And then she wakes up and she's like, "Isn't it weird that their hands are broken?" And I was like, "What the hell?" Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, where were you, girl? <laughs> <laughs> like, all fucking late reaction. Like, eight hours later. <laughs> <laughs> See, to me that made no sense. Like, like why was that scene even included? Because it didn't do anything. Yeah, it did it. The thing is, is I did remember I watched the documentary on it. I uh, watched a few little things here and there. And apparently that was a big deal for them. That was like, they're like, no, but look, this is what happened to him. And but his bones didn't break. And we took him to the hospital and then someone challenged him. Oh, yeah. So which hospitals so I can get the, the records? And he's like, oh, well, uh, we didn't really take him to the hospital. Uh, you know, we just bandaged him, bandaged him up at home. I think that think that's why it was like there in the movie like a couple of times that they mentioned that because even again when the friends came over they mentioned no bones broke so i think that's why because they were trying to make everything realistic you know from the the book and all that but that's a hot mess yeah and for sure we're going to talk about that in the second part of this episode but huh that's interesting i i had no idea that the documentary that or the, the real case had a situation like that actually um, but going back, you know, I gotta go back to the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> We're jumping up and down all over the place here. That's good. Oh, I know. That's okay. <laughs> We're I'm like not... the movie, just all over the place. Yeah, that's okay. We're kind of unhinged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they're going through the house with the realtor. And as they're walking around, you see like little reenactments of the crime that took place in there. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, is based on a true crime that actually did happen in real life. And we'll touch on touch that in the second part of this as well. But they get to the point where they're they're talking to amongst themselves and they're like, well, are we going to buy the house or not? And they're trying to figure out how they can afford it. And then, and then they let you know as the audience that they're aware of what happened. They're aware of the murder, right? But yes. are they aware of the the demon in the home they're aware of the people that died not not of any demonic activity they they're like it's a shame that all those people got killed here or whatever yeah so i need to ask you this you purchased a home not too long ago yes would you have purchased set home if somebody told you oh by the way five people got killed in this place i mean i'm not gonna let it keep me from a dream home 
<laughs> and I feel like that's Amityville home. That would have been like, you know what? Fuck it. It's all right. <laughs> we'll toss all the furniture. We'll cleanse the house. <laughs> I ain't losing my boathouse, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it is a badass house. I mean. Yeah. The the location, the location, um, yeah, the boathouse and it's a little lake and everything. Mm-hmm. And me personally, I've always wanted to maybe, I mean, if, if I don't live in a place like that, maybe visit or rent or something or a place where yeah. it's like a little lake and mountains and trees. And when it it's winter, it snows so I can stay in and, and warm myself by the fire with some chocolate abuelita and pan dulce. Uh, Ooh, conchas. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, or those, uh, those brownies you're talking to me about earlier. That oh one. yeah, the <laughs> abuelita chocolate brownies. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that. I mean, it is a, a great looking house and a great location. It looks really, really. What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, like out of a painting, kind of like very dream home. Yeah, like you said. The one thing about it that I was kind of like, what the hell? Because of the they made a comment of how they like the furniture and the realtors like, oh, pick whatever you want, we'll throw it in. Why would you? Okay, if you knew. They were murdered in the beds and all that. Why would you keep the bed frames? Why would you keep any of it? Like, come on, people. Uh, maybe they were interested in that kind of stuff. I mean, some people are. So if I would assume that a lot of people nowadays, it'd be a lot more. I don't want. I don't know if it's acceptable, but it'd be like I think more people would be like, oh, okay, I guess. Where if someone who's a um, true crime aficionado. And they find out that they can come across um, furniture or possessions from someone that was a victim of a famous killer. They would buy the hell out of that shit. I I don't know. I I love true crime. I love learning about serial killers. I love like knowing that kind of stuff. It's very interesting, and I just want to know more about it. I could never own memorabilia of a victim i couldn't because it just that's not what i like about it what i like is like learning how the brain works and why they ended up going down that road and you know what they had that fork in the road at some age where did it go wrong that's my thing that's why i want to learn and i want to know why some of these crimes are so heinous but with memorabilia i couldn't mm -mm. i to me and maybe it's because i grew up with like a grandma that did um the the cards and stuff like that we were always kind of taught not to keep stuff like that not to keep anything that could hold anything negative because it can affect you so i think that's maybe maybe if they got rid of the furniture would have helped or something some people claim that the house itself could be a container for that for that energy that that the I mean, because a lot of people think, people that believe in, in supernatural stuff believe that when something like that happens in a place, that that place is forever like a storage for some sort of energy, like a residual energy of the people that died or whatever happened in there. So I think even if they had gotten rid of the furniture, I think the house would have still been pretty charged with that stuff. Speaking of energy, I had watched a little short thing with the Warrens because you know how they went and they investigated Amityville so they had mentioned that you know it's all energy and it just kind of depends on how you make it manifest what if it's just the 
the person. Because, I mean, apparently it was the first two families. It was the Lutz and the uh, the ones that were murdered. I don't even remember the last names. The Fails. Yeah, there we go. The Fails and then the Lutz that, that experienced that dark cloud, but the next family didn't. So what if it was just because those people had something going on in them that just attracted that energy? See, and that was going to be my next question to you because the, in the movie, only certain people seem to feel the energy. Because the family moves in, the Lutz family moves in with the kids and everything, and nobody really feels like anything's amiss. But when the priest comes in to bless the house, for example, he gets the your favorite scene in the movie with like the old uh-huh, flies. And... The flies. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so he has a, a really hard time. He he. I thought he was going to die. I mean, I, I seemed to remember him dying when I was when the first time that I saw this when I was a kid. Um, yeah. But he didn't. He didn't die. In, I don't think he died in, even at the end. But No, he went blind. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So he had a hard time. And then the nun came in to visit. I think the nun is, is the, the wife's aunt. The aunt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she walks into the house, she's like, oh, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick and I have to leave. And she had just gotten there. Yeah. And as soon as she leaves the house, she throws up in the road. I think what that is, is because, like, around that time, The Exorcist had come out. And, correct? Yes. If I'm getting my timeline right. Yeah. And if you remember seeing, like, how the demons would try to push away the holy people who, you know, because they don't want that. That's basically their nemesis, you know. They don't want to be shooed away from the house. They want to own that house. They don't want some, you know, God-loving person to go and be like, be gone, evil one. So I think that's what it was. I think they were sensitive to it because they genuinely do have a belief in Jesus or in God. And I mean, if you're going to believe in that, you have to believe in Satan. You have to believe in the demons and what that can bring. I mean, so I think that's what it was. Like, if you're in tuned with that, then you're going to end up seeing both sides. Because you can't have one without the other. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree with you. And well, that that you can understand because, like you said, they're they're people of, of the cloth, if you want to call them that. They they believe mm-hmm. in, in God and Jesus, and uh, they represent basically the good versus the bad in the house. But then, what about the psychic girlfriend? Oh, that girl! I think she's just like an empath, where she ends up feeling things around her, and she kind of get overtakes her. I was watching this one. Uh, scary uh, how do you know, a ghost hunter kind of thing I mean, it was this girl that was a medium and she would just walk in there and then all of a sudden she would just get bogged down with all these things and she would start experiencing things i mean it may be just for show but i think that's what it is i think it's just since you're an empath and you can tune into that it's gonna affect you but notice that she wasn't getting hurt she didn't get sick she was just scared she was just like oh shit something's here the others got sick, so. Yeah, and how powerful is the evil in this house that it, it even affects the priest long distance? Well, we have to remember that things attach to you, especially, you know, w- what kind of mentality you have. I'm not saying you're weak-minded, but it's just a, at that time what's going on with you. You're, if you're, you leave yourself vulnerable to get attached to. And I think that's what kind of happened. I mean, he was there for quite some time. He had the flies all over him, which I couldn't understand why he wasn't at least swatting them away. Like, why did you let them walk all over your face? It's disgusting. 
but I digress. <laughs> I'm with you. I hate flies. It drives me bonkers. Like I cannot. I have a fly swatter and I have one of those machines that attracts them to zap them because I can't. I don't play. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's what it was. And I think a part of it attached to him. And that's why it kept tormenting him. Because even when he was at home and he answered the phone call and then his hand had like blisters. I want to say there were blisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he, he ended up dropping the phone because the, the demon didn't want him to help her out at all. Yeah. And the phone line would go like staticky. Yes. Yeah. He's a je- jealous demon. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually the father went blind. The priest. Yeah. Um, he can't see no evil now. Oh my gosh. We can't see any good either. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> that's that was a horrible joke. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, I am going to hell now. Um, <laughs> but with him though, at, even at the end, he kind of becomes catatonic because the other, the younger priest, is trying to get him to talk to him. Uh, and he's kind of sitting in the park bench and just kind of sitting there, all spaced out and everything. And he doesn't respond. So is he okay mentally or is he done or is he like, what, what is his deal there? I think he's seen too much shit. You know, I think it comes to the point where he's like, ah, this too much. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I mean, there are times where people do get scared and they get trapped. I mean, hello, it, remember how uh, the wife got scared with the deadlights and then she was just catatonic until she went on a bike ride. Yeah. So that could have been what happened to him. Like he saw his own deadlights and he was just like, oh my God. But you know, that younger priest was a little shady or creepy to me. He just seemed a little too like enthused or he just, I don't know. He creeped me the hell out. I don't know how you felt about him. I felt like he was a an underdeveloped side character. Yeah, but I mean, I'm looking at this from, from a, a movie critic's point of view (laughs) not that i'm a professional movie critic or anything but i mean because that's one of the things that i was saying earlier that i feel like this guy or things that didn't really go anywhere and and to me he's one of the characters that it didn't really show a lot of growth it just seemed like he was in on it you know like he would go and instigate the demon or something that's what that's the vibe i got from him Hmm. i hadn't thought about him like that so you would in your opinion you would say that maybe this guy would make it easier for the demon to torment the priest? I think so, because he just, the the way he would look at the priest and the way he was, like his vibe. And then at the end, when he's like being like undercover with aviators and a priest collar, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's just weird. I don't know what they were trying to do with him. That's interesting. I, I had never thought about that character. I had never, I just saw the movie the other day, <laughs> like in the past few days. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I hadn't seen it like that, so that's a very interesting angle you're bringing to the table here. Uh, hmm, it's possible. I mean, uh, so there's always characters that in movies or in stories that kind of betray the or that work with the antagonists, so to speak. So maybe this maybe this guy is one of those. I mean, I don't. I if if that is the case, I completely missed it. I didn't see the connection. But I mean, if if that is the case, then yeah, that's that's a pretty interesting angle there. Because, like, the priest was fine, and he was trying to go on with his life. He was trying to be a better man, and then this guy kept like, poking and poking and poking. So what happened? What happened? Would you see what happened? And then the, the other one starts going blind. So it's, I, I honestly think he was just kept stoking the fire. Hmm. Interesting. So, wow. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I, I mean, I mean, that's, that's a very interesting take. I, I 
would like to hear people maybe that are listening to us if they agree with that because i hadn't thought about it that way so and the other thing is <laughs> this is a little bit weird but is the ghost a thief i think it was a dad <clears throat> or not the dad but the stepdad that kind of Remember that scene was crazy. Where, yeah, where the the groom is getting ready for the wedding, and I think it's the the wife's brother that's getting married. No, the younger brother. I think so. And they're getting ready in the house, and he has the money for the food and everything, and then he's putting it away, and then the guy shows up, the the, the, the George, the father. Mm -hmm. And then they talk for a bit, and then they're like, okay, let's go, and then the guy's checking for the money again, and he's like, oh, where's the money? Well, that's why I think it was George. Like, I think he maybe needed to go buy more wood or something because he had an obsession with that fireplace. He had a wood fetish. Yes. <laughs> that guy was cutting wood 24-7. Yes, he was. And then the girl's like, we have enough wood. Oh, he's like, we have enough? <laughs> yes, bro. <laughs> you got about 20 pounds there. Um, but it, it that gets explained almost towards the end where he's like it's always so cold in here yeah it's kind of like a throwaway line but but if they hadn't said that line you would i would have been left with uh what is that word with i guess the riddle in my mind like why is this guy chopping wood 24 7. i would have thought like is it because he's letting his aggression out <laughs> like i think they should have led with that when she would have been like oh my god that's so much wood and he'd been like well don't you know that don't you feel the house so cold? I always feel it cold. And then he could have chopped again. Like that would have been a perfect addition to that little whatever they had there conversation, I guess, because it was random. I don't know. And then she got mad at him about the groceries that she dropped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, bro, you dropped them. Pick them up. He's busy over there chopping wood. She was all like, Luca, you made me do. And he's like, what the hell? What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She just didn't want to accept fault. Yeah. Uh, I've never been married, but to me, that's marriage in, the, in a nutshell, rather, in that scene. Like, <laughs> someone blaming somebody else for something they didn't do, and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, you mentioned that sometimes energy sticks to people, and in this case, George happened to look very similar to the OG murderer in the movie storyline. Yeah. So do you think maybe this ghost kind of latched onto George because he reminded him of the of the person that killed all those people back in the day? I honestly think so. It may not just be about the looks, but it may be because also the personality. Because um, it only latched on to the son that killed his whole family, you know? And I honestly think that there was just something... He was, That son was in turmoil. And... George was also in turmoil. Remember, he went to war. So he's a vet. He's seen some things. He's experienced so much. And now he's stuck raising this, this girl's kids. You can kind of tell he's not very thrilled about that. Like, I get the vibes of, like, I'm stuck with the stepkids, which as a mom, a single mom, I'm like, oh, I don't want that to happen to me, you know? Mm -hmm. But you can tell where he's just not very happy. I never got that he was happy, even at the beginning. I think he was always had a chip on his shoulder. And I think that's why, like, it, he looked like the original killer and then he had his own demons. I think that's why it latched on to him. Hmm. It was like, look, it's a twin. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought he looked a little bit happy in the, in the beginning, especially because the lady, the realtor, 
asks them or tells them, oh, if you're planning on having a big family, there's enough rooms. And he's like, no, I already have a family. Yeah. To me, that was okay. Like, he accepts the, the kids. But then as the movie goes on, I agree with you. He starts kind of being more abusive towards them, screaming at them and neglectful and, and kind of just being like, but I think that's more of the influence of the house than him. And, but I do agree with you, though, that this person, this, this guy is tormented because, yeah, he's been to war. But then you also kind of see a little bit more about him when they, when he and his friend meet up in the bar. Yeah. And the friend tells him, hey, man, I mean, I know you're, you're going through a lot. You're buying a house. You're going to get married to this lady with three kids. And you got your business to take care of and this and that. So he's got a lot in his mind. As Besides the fact that he's getting possessed by this ghost, whatever. So I do feel like even if that hadn't been a, a, like a factor, the, the possession, whatever, he probably would have been started having issues. Because when the pressure builds like that, you know, and in the beginning, a lot of cases, you can actually roll with the punches and say, yeah, I can take this, I can take this, it's fine. And then a little bit more piles up and a little bit more, a little bit more, it gets to the point where you can't carry all that load by yourself all of a sudden. And to me, I mean, I think, I mean, he wouldn't have been abusive towards them or he wouldn't have killed them or anything like that if they hadn't been in that house, whatever. But I think he would have started to maybe... Resent them. Mm, I don't know if resent is the right word, but he probably would have started being like like you say like maybe like oh man like maybe having second thoughts yeah about him being with a woman that's got three kids and everything like that so i don't know i mean it's it's kind of just what i got from from his personality as, as a character through watching the movie it's interesting we agree but disagree on this so hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i think he had ptsd yeah that's likely yeah. I would imagine that most people that have been to war have some sort of it, some some form of it. In one oh, way or oh another. Yeah, or anything traumatic really yeah. can trigger that. Mm -hmm. In one way or another, I think pretty much everyone that's been in a place like that has some sort of uh, trauma. And, yes. And I want to kind of take a little chance here <laughs> or, or the opportunities. <laughs> I mean, because that's a very real thing, man. I mean, it's... it's um, to me, I've never understood... I mean, me being a psychology major, I've never understood why it is that people with mental issues are always put down and even ridiculed sometimes. Because to me, the brain is an organ. Like, your liver is like your heart is. So if your heart is failing you, you take heart medication. If your liver is failing you or your kidneys are failing you, you take medication for that. Your pancreas, you know, insulin for diabetics. Yeah. So it's the same thing. And I think a lot of people misunderstand what depression really is. It's not just being sad. I mean, yeah, if something bad is going on in your life, you're going to feel sad about it. But depression is different in the sense that it's a chemical imbalance in your brain. So Yes. So, and again, I'm not an expert. I study psychology, but I'm not an expert. But based on what I discussed with professors back in the day and read about in journals, um, that what I'm trying to say is that stigma shouldn't be there. So It shouldn't at all. And I think it's more... a just how you're raised, that stigma is there. Like, okay, so me, I am diagnosed with depression and anxiety. So I do take meds for that. Um, and it, it's it's when you meet someone or you start talking to somebody, if it's just a friend or whatever, and you kind of like start letting 
letting them know or letting them in a bit slowly, you know. And you mentioned that some of them are like, oh, well, what happens if you don't take your medicine? It's like, I'm not going to turn into a werewolf. Like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, calm down. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, it, there's a, it's just not no one's really educated enough. I'm not saying I know everything because there's so much out there. But I think there should be classes on mental health and not this whole like, uh, what's that called? That The thing that's going on right now, what's it huge about to self-care, but they're actually not even really talking about real self-care. It's like, oh, go buy a latte. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's self-care is checking in with yourself and seeing like, mm-hmm. what do I need to get myself balanced or on track or, you know, and, and actually doing it. But yeah, I think it, it's it's sad how nowadays, especially with our Hispanic culture. Oh yeah. Oh Lord, it's frowned upon to talk to a therapist because you're crazy if you go to therapy. And then if you're taking medicines, well, sketching gals, why do you need it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, but Hispanics in general are, are really stubborn when it comes to illnesses. True. <laughs> All we need is Vicks and a Seven Up, apparently. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, my dad's diabetic and he always eats conchas and pan dulce and, and then I tell him oh. something and he's like, I got my pills, I'll take my pills and that'll balance. And that's not how it works, dad. That's, that's not how, but you know, uh, that's it is. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is, you know. So, I mean, I just wanted to take the opportunity to say that because I feel like it's not said enough. And, yeah. uh, well, uh, one more thing before we conclude this, this critique slash uh, review of this movie. <laughs> and among <laughs> other rants, randomly uh, yes. sprinkled through the way. Uh, the scene were actually two things. Uh, one, one thing that I want to talk about real quick is they bless the house by themselves. Like they realize that something's going on and maybe towards the final part of the, of the movie, they pick up that cross and they start walking around the house and blessing it on their own. And then it burns them and they have, they have to leave it on the floor and kind of run away. So do you think that would have been effective anyways? Honestly, even if it wasn't going to scare the demon away, I think it would have helped like as a placebo. I think they would have felt a little more at ease and maybe they wouldn't have invited that demon. Like it would, you know, it kind of, it would have subsided because they, they were in a different uh, mindset. Uh, like with uh, us, we've had the house in San Mito blessed. And of course, anytime we move somewhere, we like, we get the house blessed. My house was blessed, uh, my new one, well, my only one. But like when I moved in, my sister came and did it. And she knows a lot of it because my grandmother taught her some because my grandma was considered a curandera. So my sister, you know, went about the house and blessed it and stuff. And I think it's important to bless your own house. I mean, because you're just inviting the good stuff in and you're wanting to shake the bad stuff out. And so if they did it themselves, I think it's a good thing, too, because they're really realizing shit's going on and we need to fix it. I see your point and I agree with it. But my 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 angle with this question was they don't seem to be very religious, do they? I mean, if you're not someone that's got faith in something or and you're in the case of your sister, for example, that she has experience with this. um, Where she's maybe done similar things to that to that in the past. But in the case of, of George and his wife, for example, in this movie, I feel like if you don't have that to begin with, then you really can't find it halfway through. I mean, I, 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 may, I don't, I don't want to seem judgmental here. <laughs> I see what you're trying to say now. 
and I get what you're saying because it, it, it kind of tends to be like that. People don't really believe or feel like there's a need to know. And I'm not judging at all. Like I am a Catholic that doesn't really practice, but I do believe in God. And there are people who will only run to God when they need something. And because they think that's how it works, you know, like, oh, I don't care about him the rest of the year. Oh, but something happened to me. Let me go pray. Let me know. I get what you're saying. And I don't think I honestly I think it would have just been more of a placebo effect for them because I don't think it would have actually done anything because they don't know what they're doing. They don't. I mean, the, the prayer she was saying, she started off with like a Hail Mary, then it twisted off of something else. And I was like, what in the world is that? So, I, yeah, I don't think they had the background for it. But then again, she did say she was really good friends with the priest. I think um, they are probably like you and me in the sense that they believe, but they're not practicing. Yeah. Because my family doesn't practice. I I was raised Catholic. I was born in Mexico, after all. And so I was always raised in that. I was baptized. I had the first communion. I had everything done according to the, the teachings of the church. And... But we never really practice otherwise. The only times that we go to church is for weddings and maybe when somebody passes away. Or the holidays, Easter mm -hmm. and Christmas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, see, for us, not even that. Oh. But uh, me personally, I, I mean, I've always had a belief in, in God. And, and I mean, that's just my personal thing. Mm -hmm. um, so... But at the same time, I wouldn't claim to be able to bless a house or, I mean, you know, or, or something like this happened to me, for example. I don't think I would, I'd have the the expertise or the, the know-how to how to kick something like that out of my, my house, you know. That's what I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. So maybe that's the case for them, too. That they're in over their heads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, I thought that was a very interesting scene. And then the last thing that we I want to talk about before we move on to the true crime slash documentary stuff is uh the ending the ending to me felt super rushed there was some build-up but at the end uh, some tension mind you with the dog you mentioned the dog earlier where he's trying to pull george from the pool of blood and that was pretty intense and i, I can't believe they actually left the dog there <laughs> i know <laughs> to begin with i was like what the hell dude <laughs> that would be my first thing is like the kids and the dogs Mind you, I'm not a dog person. I don't hate dogs, but I, I wouldn't leave a dog. Well, you in would this... get your cats. Oh, yeah, oh, definitely. But but I mean, but my point is that I, I wouldn't leave my pet in a situation. Like if there's a fire, for example, in the house, I mean, just something mundane, like uh, mundane. I mean, a fire is not mundane. But, <laughs> but com I mean, compared to demonic possession, I guess yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of a little bit lower on the, on the scale. There. On the crisis ladder. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think... Uh, even even if I'm not a dog person, for example, I would probably still try to bring a dog with me, like just six. I would feel guilty of leaving the dog there. But uh, <laughs> I yes. mean, they, they so they leave the dog, and then George is like, uh, "Let me go back for the dog because my daughter's crying." For and it. only because the kid's like, "I want Harry." Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he was back, and then that that whole scene where he falls down the stairs, and I thought he had died because he fell like two flights of stairs or something into a hole into the ground. But he landed in something. I, I, was it supposed to be blood? I think it was blood, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Oh, from all the people that died there, maybe? I'm just trying to figure out the symbolism for a lot of the things that they were putting out there in the movie. Because some of it didn't make sense to me. It, it, like, wh what, what was the significance of the rain? Because I know there's a lot of symbolism and a lot of things that 
that are are in movies. I know with Rain, it's supposed to be like a new beginning, but this didn't seem that way. And so I'm just kind of like lost for a lot of things that were popping up. Like, what is that supposed to mean to me? What am I supposed to take away from him landing in a vat of whatever it is? Yeah, I think maybe the rain in this case is just for atmosphere, for creepiness. I don't know if, if it's supposed to stand for anything more specific than that. And if there is and anybody else knows, please let us know. But, um, yeah, that, that whole thing with the blood, I mean, to me that's kind of like a trope maybe in, in horror movies where because even in this same movie there's scenes earlier where they're walking actually when they're blessing the house where the walls start bleeding yeah and i've seen that in other movies and i can't think of any examples at the moment but i've seen similar scenes to that in other movies where there's blood coming from the walls or from the floor or, or something or it's raining blood outside or um mm-hmm. Actually, we just saw it in It, where Ben falls into a pool of blood and Beverly pulls him out. Oh, yes. And in the second part of the second version of it, I do seem to remember something where blood is kind of used to, like you said, like a new beginning or or a transition of sorts, but I can't remember what it is. I don't know if you might have heard of something like that. Well, so when I briefly did go to college i did learn some some little stuff about symbolism uh, one of the rain was about new beginnings that's and that's like with uh you notice them when like the lion king for example you see how it changes like the rain comes and he becomes the king and everything gets better and the giraffes are happy so everything does have a meaning and i just don't i don't for this one i was just lost and see that it goes back to what I said in the beginning that there's a lot of things yeah. that, that are confusing that are not explained and mind you I don't want everything explained to me because that's also not a good thing but at the same time I shouldn't be just given cryptic clues and, and no direction <laughs> you know yeah that's the way that I approach movies I mean I, I that may be a little bit weird for some people but I mean I like mystery and I like trying to figure things out on my on by myself when for example, you see something in the beginning of a movie and you know that it's going to tie into something later on. And I enjoy doing that when I watch movies. But in this case, I, for the life of me, I couldn't really tie anything to anything. <laughs> I was like... Yeah. So that's why I didn't really enjoy this movie too much, to be honest. And neither did I. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, it was hard to keep my attention. <laughs> you start playing... Uh, what's that game? Candy Crush? Is that even still a thing? I don't know. I I don't play games on my phone. Oh. I don't even have social media on my phone. All I do is look at Pinterest <laughs> <laughs> or my Google articles. <laughs> Four desserts that you will make and we can enjoy oh, yes. eating those together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, all right. So you got any more comments on the movie before we go on to the documentary stuff? On the movie? No, I don't think I have anything else to say. Uh, how about scores for the movie? We can do that for now. Uh, Ooh. My units for today were <laughs> how many <laughs> rooms full of satanic flies? <laughs> Ooh. Why do you got to bring up flies again? <laughs> <laughs> because I know you and I both hate them. So that's kind of like facing my fears here. Uh, not, not my fears. I just hate flies. I just, I just find them disgusting. They're a nuisance. Yeah. <laughs> so how many out of 10? 
for like what the for the movie the as a scariness? whole as a movie just as a movie like as a oh. piece of cinema or I, I give it one room full of flies <laughs> <laughs> I really like how hard is there any way to give it a half can I give it a half a room <laughs> you, well, I mean you gave half a balloon to it so oh that's right I did <laughs> Half a room of flies. <laughs> so, let me ask you this. Did you hate this movie that much? <laughs> I didn't hate it. I mean, I... That would have to, like, really piss me off for me to hate a movie. It just was like, I'm indifferent about it. Uh -huh. so, so, to me, that is... I didn't hate the movie. So, I mean, would I watch it again? Not of my own free no. will. If I'm hanging out somewhere and people start watching it, I'll be like, okay, I'll watch it. But I'm not going to, like, hey, let's watch Anime Horror, guys. Like, uh, <laughs> like, ooh, the new one? No, the one from 1970. Yeah, no. Uh, so I wouldn't do that. So, but, but at the same time, I didn't absolutely hate the movie. So I'll give it a five for the, for just for that. Because, uh, yeah, I think a five is fair for now. And as far as the house, the house is kind of like the, I guess, the um, the focal point of the scariness. Yeah. So how many skulls does the house get? For being scared. Okay, honestly, because the house hit close to home. Mm -hmm. So I would give it like a seven. Nice. Okay. That we are a little bit more in line with each other because I gave this a six. So. Oh, okay. Awesome. So <laughs> those were our individual scores. And um, yeah, we'll be right back with the documentary slash two crime stuff for the Amityville Horror. All right, Bill. So as the audience might be aware, the Amityville Horror was based on a quote unquote true story, correct? Yes. So would you care to share some details of that with us? Well, it did start with the DeFeo murders. Um, the son said he actually doesn't know what made him kill them, but just that they told him that they were going to kill him. So, I mean, he would honestly, maybe it could have been schizophrenia, but he was having issues and he killed his whole family. So then a year later or a few times, a few, sometime later, of course, the Lutz is moving. Now, after living there for a little while, they do start experiencing things. And then they start, you know, um, coming out on TV shows. They get real popular talking about this. So that's, a lot of people think that they were just wanting attention. Because at that time, like, The Exorcist was out and there was another movie that was similar to that. So they feel like they were playing into it. Because at first they were giving, like, these accounts. Like, the window slamming on the hand and um, the, the rocking chair and the, the ghost kid, like, Jody. And then in the book when they wrote a book or someone wrote a book for them, they talked about a pig with eyes that would be in the second story window. What? <laughs> yeah. Jody the pig is what they called it. And I was like, what the hell? So there was so many things in that book that they were talking like, like these crazy things happened that never actually did. And it was a mess. So that, yeah, people were calling them liars. And that's why they were trying to like say, well, show me the medical records for his hands and, you know, going to the hospital. Oh, well, I never actually took him to the hospital. So then why the hell are you saying you took him to the hospital? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I think it was, I think there was the want for attention. And then, so like I mentioned, I watched the Warren interview. 
they would not let it go of like, look, they just ran out. Look at all the dishes. Look, there's still dishes in the sink. Look, they left all their clothes. Look, that man doesn't look like he should just, he would just run out of his house. I felt like they were pushing that agenda too much. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe it wasn't that bad. And I think that they were still living there and they just told everyone they left. So, I mean, just to be clear, the murders did in fact take place. That's not fake. That actually did happen. Yes. Yeah, that did happen. But the discrepancies start to show, like you said, when the DeFeos give their story or share their no, story. No, the Lutzes. Sorry, yes, yes, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Lutzes. When the Lutzes share their story and then somebody writes a book about them and there's a lot of differences and a lot of things that aren't the same anymore, their story starts to change a little bit or quite a bit, actually. Mm-hmm. So, eventually, it got to the point where, like you mentioned earlier, even the Warrens came in and took a look at the house, didn't they? Yes. And the Warrens are, of course, um, the ones that are the protagonists of the Conjuring movies. Those characters are based on true people. And um, they actually were investigators of paranormal phenomena. And whether or not you believe in that, I mean, it's up to you. That's, that's fine. But, I mean, I believe in stuff like that. But it's, it's a little complicated because, for me, for example, I don't think the first conclusion I jump to when something happens that I can't explain right away is paranormal. So, let me give an example. For I might be in my room hanging out, and then I hear a noise in the kitchen. I don't think, oh, my God, it's a ghost right away. I may think, oh, maybe one of the dishes fell from the sink or maybe my cat knocked something over you know something like that so something logical yeah first so for me it's not until i try to go maybe down a little checklist of possibilities that when none of that stuff can explain what happened then i start thinking well could there be something else so in the case of these people for example it's pretty obvious right away that their stories aren't lining up According to what I read, I mean, because like, I, I never spoke to any of them, mind you, <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. But just going off of details that I read and videos that I watch on YouTube, because it's always a reliable source of information. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so their stories didn't line up and details were missing or details changed or something like that. And then I actually came into something that said that even the warrants were like, eh, that's okay, we can just kind of like say this happened but didn't really happen so i mean i'm not trying to say they were lying maybe they were maybe they weren't but this person said that even the warrants were like oh i guess you can just let him say that it's fine <laughs> i mean well the interview with the warrants that i watched um i think i think it's elizabeth warren i the girl's name no well the girl warren yeah. The wife. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot their names once. I'm so, like, I had them and I just... I know it's Ed and something Lorraine. Warren. It's Lorraine. There we go. Well, that girl... Elizabeth she's, Warren. Uh, so she's... I'm sorry. Uh, Elizabeth <laughs> Warren is a politician in, in Washington. <laughs> I think. They're showing uh, the slideshow of photos that they took inside the house. And she's explaining these photos to the guys, um, to the anchor or the host. And so he's, she's explaining the pictures, right? And then she's like, you know, every man that was a part of this investigation died of a heart attack. And then the guy's like, you can't say that. And he's just like, yes, I can. Because so-and-so died of a heart attack. So-and-so had multiple heart attacks. She was trying to say that everyone that every male that walked into that house had heart issues. So then I looked up how her husband died. 
he actually died of a heart attack. Hmm. So I just wonder what her that why she felt the need to say because she never really elaborated on it she just put it out there tried to like uh, provide some evidence and he was just like rushing him it was a very rushed interview and i just wonder what the deal is with the hearts heart issues with the the men that were actually involved in the investigation like do you think it's a coincidence or do you think like it's because of the house that I didn't really read about or hear about until you're telling me this right now. Mm-hmm. You could strike it all to coincidence. I mean, it, it's heart problems are very common in the world. Yeah. Especially in the U.S. because we eat like slobs. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> especially in the U.S. and if you're Mexican like us. <laughs> it's like double the pleasure. It's slobs um, with extra grease. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your fried ice cream and fry it again. Um <laughs> I mean, we we do eat refried beans, but so beans that are fried and then we fry them again. <laughs> Is that what that means? Yeah, it's refried beans. I thought that was just like getting the beans from the charro beans and then like sticking them on the <laughs> frying pan. Oh, no, I didn't no, know no. you double fry them. I mean, it's beans. Like for example, let's say you fry them today, and uh-huh. then you got them some leftover, and then the next morning you fry them again in the morning for breakfast or whatever. That's Shut that. That is. Wow, that doesn't make more sense because it's like refried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm 31 years old and I'm very figuring this out. I mean, that's what that's what my my family does. I mean, not that we do it all the time, mind you, but um. Yeah, but when you add some chorizo into that shit, well, so good. Mm-hmm. So that's already triple fried because you fried them twice and then you add the chorizo that's also fried. <laughs> Look. Yeah, I'm not gonna judge. I mean, I, I love that stuff myself, so. And my belly is proof of that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, so what, I'm, what I try to do always is try to, okay, maybe approach this from a logical point of view. And you could say that, yeah, it's a coincidence. But at the same time, how many people was this? Because the more people that, that it happens to, then it starts getting a little bit more, like, shady, I guess. So if it's, like, three people, okay, that's still believable. If it's 30 people or 50 people, I mean, that's, like, okay, that's a little bit harder to believe you know because that's a lot of them yeah yeah it was about three people that she mentioned and then i looked up the husband and he died of a heart attack so really four i mean that that could still be believable it could still be some sort of uh quote-unquote mummy's curse where something happened that they walked into the house and they caught some sort of bad energy and that energy stuck with them throughout their lives and it caused them to die in this way I just feel like that demon wouldn't go out that way. I think that that demon would have been like, nah, bitches, I'm going to turn you evil. Like, heart issues? Nah. I don't think that's a demon's, you know, forte. (laughs) (laughs) So what you're saying is that you think that this demon would have possessed all of them and and made them do evil. Yeah, I think he would have messed with them and ruined their lives like he did the other two families. Hmm. Like, yeah, okay, if you die, you do get your life ruined literally but it's just not what he was used to you know what you know the demon to be doing i mean not that we're friends with the demon but you know (laughs) he's shown his true colors twice and he's not gonna change his mo Uh uh-huh yeah Hmm. so the killer talking about the killer ronald defeo the only survivor from that family he Mm -hmm. happened to have murdered his parents so that's already two victims. And then four siblings, right? 
Yes. So that's six victims. And this happened because I also read, like you said, that he heard voices telling him that his family wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. That is at least the account he gave to cops the first time when they first arrested him. Because from what I read, they arrested him because he went to the cops himself. And he said, I think somebody killed my parents. Or something to that effect. So the cops went to investigate and they found the murder scene. All six victims in the house. They were all shot with a weapon or the gun. And I Shotgun, right? I believe it might have been a shotgun or a rifle. I can't remember right now. I think the bodies were arranged in a similar way to all of them. Facing either the same way or, or on the same side or something like that. So something kind of ritualistic in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then the cops discovered that his story didn't have any... Didn't, add up so they eventually questioned him again and he confessed to having done this and he told them where he had buried some evidence the clothes I think that he had been wearing when he committed the murders but then every time they asked him about it his story would change did you read anything about that? like what I read it was just that he kind of played dumb like he didn't know what happened uh-huh. So th- I never really got like a straight answer as to what he like what actually happened that night, and I don't think he knows. I honestly think it was a psychotic break. I think so. It's very likely. And you mentioned earlier that it might have been schizophrenia. That's another possibility. Yeah. Because I mean, back then, especially like m- like once again with the mental health, it wasn't. I mean, in the 70s, there was really no awareness of it. Or he could have had maybe a bad trip. So. Maybe, but I mean, because some of the stories that he later told the cops involved saying that his older sister, or not his, he was the oldest one. But he had a younger sister, and then he had a sister that was like a a little, little girl. (laughs) So the older girl that was a sister, and I'm going to call her the older sister from now on. So the older sister of his... Allegedly, he said that that she was the one that did it. And that to save her from disgrace, whatever, he killed her too and then took the blame for her. That's so dumb, though. Like, that doesn't even make sense. But I heard that too. And then uh, I I think another story that I read where it's like where um, she and him plotted to kill the parents because of insurance money or something like that. Yeah. And then he realized that he didn't want to share the money with her anymore so he killed her too i mean uh, so these are stories that that allegedly he told the cops every time somebody asked him after a certain number of years went by when people were trying to interview him as to why he had done those things something Mm -hmm. something always changed and then at some point he said he was married to somebody at that time but and he was visiting his parents and that his wife and and his brother-in-law could vouch for him but the brother-in-law was fake he it was it wasn't even a real person and the lady said that they only met through correspondence in the 80s. It's it a whole bunch of weird stuff that he was telling the cops. I think he just was crazy. Because, like, I did read that he was a user of LSD and heroin. So I, I feel like that really played a role with it. Because, I mean, sometimes you can take too much of LSD and you can fuck up your brain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't mess with hallucinogenics. But, like, I, I've heard that. 
And I think maybe that's kind of what happened, like that. And then maybe he did have a touch of schizophrenia. And, may, and maybe that, or, or maybe all these stories, those are his personalities, you know? Uh-huh. Like maybe he did have a, a sister personality and he did have a, a personality where the, they were married. You know how they can kind of like have so, so many lives going on at once? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that, I don't know. It, it honestly, I would love to know what actually happened. Like I wish you would have one day been like, okay, guys. So let me tell you a story. But he mm. never did. He actually died last year. And he yeah. never really clarified what happened. Yeah, actually, he died about a year ago in March of 2021. Mm-hmm. As of the release of this episode. So. And then what I thought was a little bit unusual was that the police didn't release the cause of death. Why not? He died in prison. I mean, he, he never got out because he was sentenced to six... 25 to life uh, sentences, <laughs> you know. That's a little bit much. They should have just said life. I mean, it's it's one for each murder, mind you. So one for each victim. Yeah. Um, but that I never understood because that's like crazy talk. Because you know they're not going to, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think it's just legal speak. Like basically th- that just makes sure that he never gets out of jail no matter what. True. So that's just like legal speak, making sure that no matter how much he appeals, he can't ever get out of jail. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, I'm not a law student or anything like that, so that's what I'm guessing it is. Or just to kind of give the victim each their, you know. Yeah, justice. uh, justice. Justice. Yeah, justice for each victim. So he was serving six 25 to life sentences, so he was never gonna get out. And he was in his 60s, I believe. He passed away last year. Mm-hmm. And the causes, as of my research goes, are unknown. Do you think it was a heart attack? Ooh, maybe. <laughs> that would be interesting. Because if it was, then I would really believe the Warren girl. <laughs> yeah, <and that's laughs> Lady, because she's... she's <laughs> she actually died in 2019. Yeah. Yeah, actually, she died so, kind of recently also. Yeah. So imagine if he actually did die of heart disease or whatever. <laughs> that would be bonkers. Then I'd be like, oh, my God, Warren, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, to be honest, I, I, I'm not familiar with the Warrens that much at all. I mean, I know who they are and I know what they did, but I never really read any of their books. I know they wrote books and, and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. I never really read any of it. And just whatever I hear on the Internet and hear about on youtube and then of course the conjuring movies but that's not i mean you can't really base yourself on that but i've been meaning to if anything just for intellectual curiosity to read their books and kind of see what they were about back in the day yeah apparently the like a lot of people uh thank them or say that they were the pioneers of ghost hunting like they were the ones that you know, made the, I, can't, I don't know the words to the, what I'm trying to say, but basically they started it and people were happy because they kind of taught people how to do it the proper and safe way, you know, so they don't just go stumbling in and attract demons and bring them home with them. So like, I saw that interview about them and it was interesting. Like who would have thought back then, you know, I mean, it's not even that far back then, but still, mm-hmm. 
like you don't think that that was a concern then i don't know why i don't think so hmm. yeah i mean it's interesting like because uh, i i think they're probably the most famous ones of all time yeah and not only just not only here in the u.s but i think throughout the world they're probably the if not the most famous some of the most famous ones yeah because they would travel all over for their cases mm-hmm. and then i just have to say and yes what happened was terrible the defeo family but the judge i feel like everyone throws out the word heinous so much and he was like this is the most heinous crime ever and to me i feel like heinous would be a little more crazier in how the, he, he killed them like this was just a gunshot i don't know what are your thoughts on the word heinous being used for like all the the crimes that happen uh in this case specifically or in general well both in this case specifically, I think it is justified because it's a small town. And from what I understand, based on what I read, the family was never really involved in any kind of weird situations. I mean, mind you, I haven't read up on that too much either. I'm just going from what I remember reading the past couple of days as I was doing research for this episode. But mm-hmm. I think... Words like that make more of an impact because it sounds like a high-level word <laughs> to yeah. a lot of people. But I, I think in the case of this specific case, it was kind of warranted because, again, it's a small community and maybe not a whole lot of weird stuff happens there or, or stuff that's out of the ordinary like this, for example. Where there's a, it's a multiple homicide by, by, by one person the same night and it happens to be his entire family. So I think in this case, the judge was okay with that. I mean, I think. But in general, I think that um, sometimes people use words to kind of make it seem like a lot worse than it was. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the words that it just sounds like something terrible, like heinous. Like It almost sounds like heinous. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> mind you, um, but words like that, for example, or recently when, when I, and I don't want to bring politics into this, I'm just going to give an example. And, and so I don't want to talk about politics in this podcast, mind you, but yeah. this word has been thrown, thrown around a lot in the past couple of years, draconian. Draconian? When, yeah. When it comes to restrictions about COVID and stuff like that. Uh, okay, I feel ignorant. Can you elaborate? Mm-hmm. Draconian means something that is very restrictive, almost like a dictatorship type of stuff in, in layman's terms. Oh. So, for example, let's say that um, when you were trying to go out when you were younger, for example, just, or, or anybody, and their parents were like, no, you can't leave because you haven't finished your homework and you got to be home by 7 o'clock in the afternoon. And they have all these rules that make it impossible for you to enjoy anything. You could say, my parents are making me live under these draconian rules. That's such a big word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I mean, but think about it. I mean, and again, I don't want to bring politics into this, but just real quick. I mean, I, I happen to think that the things that we were being asked to do are not a big deal. I mean, washing my hands, I do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, wearing a mask in public, I mean, to me, that's not really a bother, but I mean, whatever, to each their own. Um, I love it because I don't have to hear that. You should smile. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, I mean, I've heard people use that word a lot, and, and that's a word that makes, I guess, people think that something is a lot worse than it is, and, and it's not really. But, I mean, whatever. To me, that, that's my opinion, mind you. So, mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, I guess to answer your question is that sometimes people use words like that to make something more, uh, have more impact. Like an impact. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, like, I remember that word at the beginning of a... Uh... One a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the one of the remakes, I forget which one. Jessica Beale's in it, and they start off at the beginning. And they say the word heinous, and I'm like, yeah, I believe that because that shit was crazy, like the true story behind what you know. But yeah, super violent stuff like that. So, you got any more information for us, Bo, on the documentary slash true crime stuff? Mm, no, not anymore. I think put it all out there. <laughs> mm -hmm. So. Just to conclude this, I think you mentioned this already, but I'm, I'm going to mention it again. <laughs> but um, I do think that I read somewhere that none of the families that moved in after the Lutzes left the house reported any paranormal activity ever again. Yeah, like it was like normal house. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned earlier that it might have been just the people that are there or that. Yeah the energy mm -hmm. that they just kind of like were sponges for them to soak off of you know i don't know it's kind of hard to say for me because i feel like some places do have some sort of mystique to them and and uh, i think also certain people are more sensitive than others to stuff like that mm -hmm. so I, I don't know if I, if I if i told you this before but there's times where I go places and I feel weird. Yes. You get the creeps. Mm -hmm. I feel weird, but it can be weird in a number of ways. It can be weird like something... I feel something weird about this place. Or walking into a specific location makes me feel happy sometimes. And mind you, it doesn't have to be a place that I've never been to. It can be a place that I've been to several times. But it only happens randomly. It doesn't happen. So what I'm trying to say is it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, it's like a random thing. And all of a sudden you just feel like, whoa. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not trying to say that I'm sensitive. I mean, maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> Secretly. Uh, uh, but, I mean, I will say that somebody once told me that I could have developed some sort of abilities for that. But I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got enough shit to do with my own. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I do think that certain people in certain places, maybe there's a connection. I don't know, something like that. It's kind of getting a little bit philosophical here, but, or not philosophical, but uh, metaphysical. That's the, the word. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's kind of an interesting case to read about. And the general conclusion from what I read is that everything was pretty much a lie. As yeah. far as the, the Lutz family goes. So all their accounts of possessions and weird shit happening and stuff like that, that seems to be that none of that ever happened, according to the people that investigated all these things. So what do you think? Do you think that nothing happened or that maybe a couple of things happened and they just kind of blew it out of proportion? I think that a few things happened and they just made it bigger than what it was. 
That makes a lot of sense, I think. Yeah. Like, it probably got on their head. Like, they were just like, oh, my God. Then maybe it, like, really sunk in that people were murdered there and they were still sleeping on their furniture and stuff. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, I don't think I would ever move into a house where five people were murdered. But, like, what if it's your dream home? And instead of it being <laughs> $1.5 million, they're selling it to you for 250000 Wouldn't you? That's a steal. I mean, it is, but... My my mental stability is of <laughs> utmost importance to me. So <laughs> I'm over here. I'm just trying to live my best life in my dream home. <laughs> so no, but it's because like I mentioned just a little while ago, I, I sometimes I feel weird energies, and again, it could be weird good or weird bad mm -hmm. in places. And I feel like if if I ever found out that I'm walking into a place where five people were killed, I, I would be like, mm. and mind you, that might just be. Like you said, stuff getting to my head. Yeah, because what if you don't know? And then you waltz on in and then you're like, you love the place. And then the realtor is like, oh, by the way, you know, as you're putting in your offer, they it was a familial side, you know, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> then yeah, you're going to be like, oh, shit. I like, there goes the doom. I'll be like, you know what? I'll have my money back. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will not buy this house cash. I got to go. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, I carry... 250k in my back pocket at all times, guys. In a briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, okay. So that was pretty much everything that I have to say about the documentary and uh, true crime stuff like that. And, uh, well, yeah, we'll be right back with the closing remarks after this break. All right, Bell. So we are now at the end of our episode for this week. And I want to say that I hope people listening out there enjoy the content i know we kind of jumped all over the place back and forth <laughs> <laughs> our and, famous tangents uh-huh and we do acknowledge that but i mean it's because for one like i said in the right right in the beginning i feel like the movie i feel like we did a reenactment of the movie in this episode <laughs> yeah we did <laughs> <laughs> or everything was kind of a jambled mess and convoluted and, and stuff like that but in the end i think we made it work <laughs> yeah so, I do want to give some shout-outs to... There's people that are giving us feedback, and they are liking our stuff, they are sharing our tweets, and I have... Let me see. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are liking the show. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! So, um, yeah, sorry, it's because, like, my screen went black there for a minute, and I was like, what up with this? <laughs> <laughs> so um anybody you want to give some shout outs to bill um no not today i can't think of anything oh actually yes my family they've been very super supportive they actually gave me the idea my dad gave me the idea of amityville so <laughs> awesome i just want to say thank you to them yeah because that was your suggestion for this week so yes thank you sir for your advice and uh <laughs> Let me see what else we got here in the agenda. Oh, yes. Uh, I want to remind our listeners of our social media accounts. We have every link for our social media profiles under the link tree. So that would be linktree.com slash myths behind LGDS. You'll find our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, so on and so forth. You can even email us from there if you have any comments or suggestions. And I am open to commentary from people as long as it's constructive. Um, I don't know about you, Bill. Yes, if I can improve in any way, let me know. But 
like don't be an ass about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's cool if you if you, if you give a comment for example like oh i think you guys jump all over the place well yeah we know that yeah obviously <laughs> we acknowledge that <laughs> and actually this time we have notes so um yeah <laughs> and, and even with the notes we were jumping up all over the place so uh yeah it's cool but i i like the way that this flows it's a lot more um open-ended i guess yeah that's the word I was looking for, or the term. So, yeah, by all means, go ahead and contact us. And once again, you can find our socials on linktree.com slash myths behind LGDS. I do want to give an update on the store. It's almost ready to launch. Uh, as soon as Belle gives me some of her, her ideas here. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's been a <laughs> hectic week. I know. I know. <laughs> no, so, I mean, there's no rush for that, obviously. But uh, I do have your mug still in my possession. Oh, yes, I need my mugs. I can have my latte. <laughs> <laughs> Your shoe fly latte in there. Yes. Hold the fly, please. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so you can go in there, Belle, and tell me what shirt or merchandise you want. And I can go ahead and order that for you. And because I am the manager <laughs> in the store. So, <laughs> so, yeah. And that will launch hopefully in the next couple of weeks. We're still working out the, the kinks on that. And next week, Bell, before we sign off, I want to tell our audience what they're going to be listening to. So what movie are we doing for next week? Friday the 13th, but the one from 2009, because there's many, <laughs> many of them. <laughs> See, that's one of the ones where, uh, like we did, for example, the Jeepers Creepers, mm-hmm. where we did all three movies in the same episode. I feel like movies or franchises like that, rather, we would need to do two or three movies at a time. Yeah. Now, the remake is something completely different because that is, in fact, three movies in one. Is it? Uh-huh. If you're a fan of the series, the remake is a mixture of parts one, two, and three from the original series. So, oh. in a way, we are doing three movies in one, so... <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's going to be an episode that I'm definitely looking forward to because Jason is my OG killer. <laughs> Uh, and that kind of conflicts with my views on remakes because in general I don't seem to like them too much but I will, I'll, I'll let you guys know my opinion the next time we're we're here Ooh, I can't wait to hear it <laughs> hopefully we stay on point next time <laughs> yes yes of course it's just that I mean unfortunately if this movie I wasn't really into it too much so I was kind of like mm, what am I going to talk about <laughs> yeah but I mean it's okay I think we did good overall and yeah for sure uh, we'll be doing that and i'm looking forward to listening to your opinion on jason though i can't wait to watch it because i haven't i haven't seen jason god knows how long uh-huh so when we do the original series then we need to do like i said like two or three movies at the same time but anyways yeah now we are doing the remake for next week and yeah i hope you guys stick around for that once again thank you very much for listening we appreciate you letting us talk to you about movies and stuff like that and weird random tangents that we get into <laughs> uh, so have a great week have a great morning evening madrugada have some tacos um, do whatever Free you fried beans with chorizo and cheese <laughs> oh yes and cheese that, that, oh my god that's a heart attack right there instant heart attack <laughs> uh, good times <laughs> so until we see you in the next one have a good one bye